Good to see you here. Good to see you online. Uh, Glad that you could be here with us because I love the passage that we're in today. I love this passage because it's a big what if. I love the words of Jesus as he addresses the crowds uh, because Jesus is addressing the what if that rumbles in our hearts. There's two really what if questions. Uh, The first one is what if we understood resources? And the other one is uh, what if we understand when there's a lack of resources? And we know about living in a land of what if because the city where we live is a city of what if, is it not? It is the place where dreams come to be born. What if we built the world's tallest tower out of the desert? There it is. What if we could have anything delivered to your door within an hour? Ding dong, and all of a sudden it's there. What if maybe you were looking at Dubai from afar and you go, wow, ah, what if I lived there? That'd be awesome. Oh, we live in the land of what if. I've never lived in a place where there's so much dreaming and scheming and planning and organizing. What if we built uh, an island in the shape of a palm tree? There it is. We live in an amazing place. We live in the land of what if. And if you've lived here for any amount of time, then you also realize what Jesus says in this passage is totally true. When he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not where moth and rust destroy. If you've left any of your children's bicycles outside or anything, you know how quickly stuff rusts. (laughs) You know how quickly that brand new gadget all of a sudden starts to look dated. You know firsthand that the answer isn't a little bit more, a little bit more. Because when you get that HD TV, you want the 4K, and when you get the 4K, you want the 8K. <laughs> you know firsthand, if you've lived here, that there are people around you, maybe you yourself, that have a lot, and you still don't feel satisfied. That's why Jesus says, it, it's not about what you have. Lay up treasures in heaven. Don't make it all about stuff around you. He says you can only have one master. You can't have two rulers. Uh, You can't serve both God and money. You can't have two bosses. Does anybody have two bosses at work? Anybody? I talked to someone after the first service that is like, oh, I know. I have two bosses. Tell me about it. (laughs) One boss says this and the other boss says that, and I don't know what to do. You ever feel like that? (laughs) Maybe you don't have two bosses. You just feel like you have two bosses. You can't have two bosses. Right? And Jesus says, you can't serve both God and money. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart today? Where's your heart today? What do you treasure? Is it a bank account? Is it a relationship? Is it something other than the only thing that will last? What if we got that right and we could see that Life isn't about stuff in the here and now. Because we live in a great city. This is the land of what if. It's the place where dreams come to be born. And it's the place sometimes where dreams die. Have you experienced that what if? Not the what if of like, wow, what if what if I could drive that golden Lamborghini? Or what if I could do that? No, no, no. 
The what if that rattles around in anxious worry in your heart. Have you experienced that what if? The what if of, uh, what if I don't have enough time? What if I don't have enough money? What if the worst happens to me? What if people don't like me? What if I lose my job? What if I don't get that visa? What if I have to move? By the way, if you live here, it's not what if I have to move, it's when I have to move, all right? Uh, what if I go through that trauma again? What if the doctors say it's cancer? What if they don't like me? What if I lose my good looks and my hair falls out? <laughs> it's not that bad, trust me, all right? <laughs> Have you ever found yourself, though, worried about what if? What if I don't get the visa? What if that thing? Today we're going to see our king in his kingdom address the question of what if. You see, our king in his kingdom, when he addresses the worry of what if, he addresses it with clarity and compassion. And in our journey today, there's really three expressions of us asking what if. The first is worry. When we worry about something, it's in our head. It's a specific issue. And actually, the worry forces us into problem solving and we solve problems. It's not a bad thing. It has a mild impact in our life, it's realistic, it's easy to control, and it's a temporary feeling. It's like if you receive the SMS uh, bill that that your DWA bill is due, and you go, oh, okay, I'm a little worried because the DWA bill is due on the 15th, and now it's the 23rd, but there's no money in the bank account, what should I do? Oh, I know, when I get paid, I'll reserve it so I can pay my DWA bill. Okay, great. Worry, temporary feeling is gone. But sometimes worry can become feeling anxious. And feeling anxious is throughout all parts, throughout certain parts of your body, maybe your chest feels a little tight, maybe you have a headache, or your mind feels like it's racing, or your hands start to tingle. It's a general concern, and it can sometimes be immobilizing, have significant impact and really be disproportionate and hard to control. It can actually be a lingering state. One of the first times I remember feeling anxious in Dubai, uh, no, it wasn't when summer was coming because I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I remember I was getting ready to do a wedding, though. And, I, I, you know, worry about the wedding became feeling anxious because I started to worry about it. Like, well, I worry, what if the groom doesn't show up? which he did, awesome. Uh, what, if, what if the bride is late? What if it's too hot where we have the wedding? Uh, what if, and that's all worry, and you problem solve it and text the groom, hey, don't be late. And <laughs> That's fine. But then I remember lying in bed, I started thinking, oh no. Oh no, what if, what if the groom is secretly married to other people around the world? <laughs> and what if the woman is a secret spy and this is all a setup? I'm not joking. Have you ever had those thoughts in your head that just anxiety starts racing? Have you been there or am I the only crazy one? Have you been there? Okay, good. I'm not alone. And so it's not, it's not realistic, but it's somewhat plausible. And you start finding yourself anxious to where you look back on it and you're like, that was silly. But in the moment, it feels real. There's also times of not feeling anxious, but actually wrestling with anxiety. And I want to address clinical anxiety as a real thing. It's the real deal. In fact, uh, in this area, in this region, 
after COVID, the experts say that one in five people exhibit signs of clinical anxiety, 20%. So look around, find four other people. If they don't look anxious, guess what? (laughs) You're right, it's someone else, of course, all right? But clinical anxiety impacts your whole body. It's an overwhelming feeling. It can be paralyzing, have severe impact, be unrealistic, uh, very difficult to control, and it can be an almost constant state. So whether it's clinical anxiety, feeling anxious, or worry, Jesus addresses our hearts that say, what if? Jesus addresses our hearts that say, what if this, what if that, and I love it that he actually gives us direction and he gives us reason. You know, one of the, the worst pieces of advice I have ever received struggling with anxiety when I feel anxious, times when I worry, is to tell a friend, and maybe this has happened to you, to tell a friend, say, you know, I, I'm feeling really anxious about that. And the friend goes, well, just stop. Okay, thanks, but I, I, you don't understand. Like, I'm worried, what if, what if? Well, just Stop being anxious. So, okay, I'll, I'll stop being anxious. So, oh, man, but now I'm anxious. What, what do I do if I'm anxious about being anxious? Right? <laughs> Has that, yeah, have you ever been anxious about being anxious? And you're like, wait, Jesus says don't be anxious, so I shouldn't be anxious. Oh, no, am I, what does God think of me? And maybe that's been you. And I love when, what Jesus says. Because Jesus looks to a group of people that are barely making it. They're barely eking by. He's just told them, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, not here where moth and rust destroy. You can only serve one master. It's either God or money. And he anticipates their question. This group of farmers that are living hand to mouth, they're just eking by. I mean, this group, whatever they uh, made off the land, they would eat or feed to their animals or try and sell. And any money that they would make... They were heavily taxed and oppressed with taxes, and and they had such little food and resources. That Jesus anticipates their question, what if I don't have enough, Jesus? You say to to seek the the kingdom, but what if I don't have enough to eat? What if I don't have enough uh, to wear? uh, Having two cloaks is a luxury. What What if I don't even have clothes to wear, Jesus? And he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. He says, don't be anxious about what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus says, don't be anxious. Not as in, stop it, but as, let me give you some reasons why. And then Jesus says, don't be anxious. The Greek word for anxious is translated best as anxious. It's a really easy translation, yeah. <laughs> to be concerned about, to, to, to be uh, mulling over in your mind, to show care for, uh, to be overly concerned about. Jesus is saying, don't be overly concerned about what you're gonna eat or what you're gonna drink or what you're gonna wear. And then he gives a reason. He says, is not life more than those things. Is not life more than what you eat or drink? Yes. Is not life more than uh, what you put on your body? Yes. So if you face worry or you're feeling anxious, ask yourself, isn't there more to life than this? 
You know, there is more to life than Diwa. There's more to life than a visa. There's more to life than that relationship that's troubling you. There's more to life than the medical diagnosis. Is not there more to life than the thing you worry about? But that's what worry gets us to do. It gets us to ignore everything else and just focus on one singular problem. And then focusing on that problem can lead to other problems that can lead to other problems. You get an email from your boss Friday, or maybe it's a text message, Friday afternoon that says, we need to talk in person first thing Monday morning. Send. Some of you just felt anxious just now. I don't want to recognize that. Right? <laughs> By the way, never send someone a message like that, okay? Because the whole weekend, are you enjoying it with your friends? You're kicking back. You're loving things at church. Oh, it's great. You don't even think about it. No. Life is all about that message. Okay, is it a, is, is it a raise? Yeah, probably not. It, it, <laughs> Am I going to lose my job if I lose my job? What if I lose my job? Huh? What if I lose my visa? What if I lose my health insurance? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I have to move back home? What if, what if? What if and then you get there and you say, yes, boss, it's Monday morning you wanted to see. Oh, yeah, I just, I wanted to see if it was all right with you if we could just switch desks with someone. You know? <laughs> okay. Is not life more than your worry? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so Jesus gives two examples, and these are two reasons, um, two truths that we can bank on. The first one is that God cares for his creation. Do you believe it? That God cares for his creation. Look, he says, look at the birds of the air. They didn't neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Jesus says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious because there's more to life than that. And even so, even if all there was to life was what you eat and what you wear, look at the birds. Does God care for them? Yeah. Does anybody know what kind of bird this is on the screen? If you're watching online, just type it in the chat section. I'm about to spoil it, okay? There'll be a race in the chat section. What kind of bird is this? It's a mina bird. That's right, mina bird. Have you seen these birds around here? Every time I see a bird like that, all right, we see them in the wintertime. I don't see them a lot in the summer. That's probably because they either burst into flames or uh, <laughs> that I'm not outside to see the birds. I don't know. But you see these little, these little mina birds, and every time I see one, I think, how are you alive you are a bird in the desert in the middle of a city. You live off of trash and french fries. <laughs> and yet, the birds are still alive. Now, as you see these birds, and if you look today, I guarantee you, you'll see one somewhere. All right? As you look at these birds, the, what do you see the birds doing yeah, that's right. You're like, that's kind of a dumb question. They're, they're flying or walking. They're being birds, right? <laughs> right? You see, right. You don't see these birds uh, getting their, their wings out and typing a bird CV and <laughs> going to get a bird job and then 
getting their little tiny knoll cards and lining up in a line and tapping in to ride the bird metro and, and then getting a bunch of seed and gathering a bunch of seed with their bird wings and then waddling over to the bird bank and depositing it on their bird bank for when they're hungry later and then wondering about the return on investment of that seed versus other seed. And No, it's silly. And yet they're still alive in the desert in the middle of the city. Now, do you think that you are more valuable in God's eyes than a bird? Yes. You are the pinnacle of God's creation. You are made in his image. How much more will he care for you? God cares for his creation. That's the first reason Jesus gives. God cares for his creation. And he throws in, and, and which one of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? By the way, studies have actually shown, scientific studies have shown that if you worry more and you're more stressed, you will die sooner. You're welcome. <laughs> so, option two. Our uh, reminder number two, God cares for your creation. Number two, God provides for his people. Do you believe it? God provides for his people. Jesus continues on and says, uh, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? He says, hey, if, if you're anxious about food, just look at these birds. They survive. They, they don't stress about it. And God, provides for, his cre- God uh, provides for his creation. He also provides for his people. And then he references, Jesus references, uh, probably the guy that nobody would doubt of God's provision for Solomon in the Bible. Do you know Solomon in the Bible? I mean, not like know him like a friend, like do you know of him? (laughs) Solomon had everything. Solomon would fit in really well here in Dubai. (laughs) If Solomon were alive today, he would be the one in that gold-plated Lamborghini. He'd roll up completely in shape because of his personal trainer that keeps him regimented. He would have, his face looks young, even though he was old, and, and he would have just tossed the keys. He can park wherever he wants to. He would walk in the entrance that you and I don't even know exists. He would be the VVVVVIP section. <laughs> All right, Solomon had everything. It reminds me of uh, the live-action Aladdin movie when uh, Prince Ali comes in and there's just like everything around. That's kind of like Solomon. (laughs) Yet Jesus says, think of Solomon at the peak of Solomon's uh, provision. Just think of that. Now, these lilies of the field, are they not arrayed? (laughs) They, They even put Solomon to shame. By the way, if you live in the city for a long time, um, this is a picture of a flower, all right? This is in the desert. Sometimes we need a reminder, all right? 
I was driving a couple weeks ago to Hata for a wedding, and I saw on the hillside, this green hillside, and it was covered with flowers. And I was like, ah, oh, flowers in the desert. That's great. Now, these flowers, it's not like from a little seed you see flowers going like, I'm going to grow. Ah, I got it. Ah, I hope I have petals. Oh, I hope the petals are red. Oh, I really hope that I get. No, they don't do that. No. There's some water on them, and then they grow. <laughs> And God provides. He provides colors, whether they're, they're red or whether they're purple or blue or whatever it is. There's some more pictures of flowers, by the way, if you need to know what they look like. And as I was driving in the desert, I saw these flowers in this hillside. And I had two thoughts. One, isn't it cool how none of those flowers had to toil or grow? They, had, they didn't have to like, oh, what's my strategic plan for growing a petal? And oh, I hope my petals are, aren't lopsided and they're the same size. But they didn't think any of that, no. They didn't have to. No, I, that was my first thought. Isn't it cool how God grows up these flowers and makes them look beautiful? My second thought was, these are all going to be dead before I can tell people in the sermon about these flowers. <laughs> right? Realistically speaking, how long would these flowers last in the desert? Like maybe two or weeks or so? Two or three weeks? All right. Now, raise your hand if you have survived two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah, high participation today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at what Jesus says. He says, if God so clothes the grass of the field, now he gets even more extreme now, the grass of the field, which isn't even just a couple of weeks. We're talking here one day, gone the next. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Do you believe it? If we believe it, then it obliterates worry. And then that's why Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. Not you of no faith, but you of little faith. Because that's really the crux of the problem. It's trust. When we find ourselves racked with worry, when we're caught up with anxiety, uh, it's an issue of trust. I know times in my life when I have worried or I felt anxious or I've wrestled with anxiety, for me, it's because I, I've trusted in myself and I think, well, what if this and what if this and what if this and there's just certain things that I know I can't do. <laughs> and when I try and be the boss of my own life, it results in worry and anxiety. At the core of worry is a question of trust. Who do you trust with your life? That's why I've been asking, do you, do you believe this? Do you believe that God cares for his creation? Do you believe God provides for his people? If the answer is yes, then it obliterates worry and it disappears. But you see, we're going to leave here in about maybe 10, 15 minutes, and we're going to have two, we're going to have a decision, two perspectives to have. Either we live in the land of what if, or we live in the land of what is. Okay, what if is, is anxiety, it's worry. What if this, what if that, what if that? And it's a question mark that winds up our heart and takes us on a terrifying journey through trauma and anxiety. And we start thinking, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? But when we put our trust in our king and his kingdom, 
we see that that question mark is straightened out to be an exclamation point. That no matter what our circumstance is, we can see what is that God has provided for our deepest need. And our deepest need is to be reconnected with our heavenly father. Our deepest need is to be saved from our greatest enemy, which is ourselves. Our, our sin, our reliance on ourselves, we will always let ourselves go. We will always let ourselves down. That's why Jesus says, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or drink or wear? For the Gentiles, those who are far from God, they seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows you need them all. Do you believe that God knows what you need right now? Do you, do you believe that he knows the needs that are going on in your life at this very moment? Well, you're right. But then Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. The things that God knows you need, the questions that make us wonder what if, God will meet your needs. Seek first what is. His kingdom, his righteousness. And that righteousness isn't what you've earned on your own. That righteousness is only through Jesus. That Jesus died for your sin. He died for my sins. Anyone that trusts in Jesus' death and resurrection, well, they realize it's not up to me to get right with God. Jesus, it's through your death and resurrection. I, I trust you with that. And so if you come here today or you're watching this online, if you're trying to battle feeling anxious alone, away from Jesus, you're just gonna send yourself on a roller coaster of disappointment because there is no way through being anxious without Jesus. There's no way of being able to unwind your own anxious heart. You go to the one that created it. So the, these two perspectives that we're gonna walk out with, one is to, to question, well, what if, what if, what if? And the other one is, what is? Where are you going to live the rest of your day today? As a follower of Jesus, I have to tell you, you know where I live? I live in both. <laughs> sure, I say, what is? Yes, I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Oh, man, but these bills are due. Oh, what, what's going to happen with this and what happened with that? And, oh, wait, no, wait, seek first his kingdom. Okay, kingdom first and, and his righteousness. And oh, yeah, but my family member back home, they're sick. What are the doctors going to say? What if they have cancer? What if I have cancer? What if... Do you ever find yourself doing that too? Where you're just pulled back and your focus is just pulled away from what is. God, what if you don't meet my needs? By the way, I've, I've always found God meets my needs. The fact that I don't have what I want right now probably means I don't need it. So here are three steps that I found really helpful in uh, aligning with what God's word says to seek first the kingdom. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I get pulled into what if all the time. 
What if, what if, what if? In fact, right now, chances are that your attention has wandered and it's, it's gone over to think about what you're going to have for lunch or listening to a crying baby or whatever it is. <laughs> chances are, by the way, we, we love babies here. No better time for babies to hear about God's truth than when they're young. Amen? And maybe your attention has been pulled here, there, everywhere. I have to tell you, one of the rarest and most precious commodities today is your attention. It's your focus. You wonder why all those apps and games on your phone are free? They're not free. You pay with your attention. And your attention leads to data, which leads to marketing, which leads to money. Your attention is one of the rarest commodities right now. In a world where you are spoiled for choice between Netflix, Amazon Prime, and any, you have so many of millions of YouTube videos, your attention is everywhere. Everybody wants it. And yet, you are in control of where you spend your focus. So number one is to refocus. Refocus, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things that you worry about, they'll be added to you, sure. But refocus. A great tool for refocusing is this. So take out your phone, the very thing that distracts you, or maybe definitely distracts me. Take out your phone and refocus. Set an alarm for whenever you're going to wake up 20 minutes earlier, though. All right? So some of you wake up at 4 o'clock, set the alarm for 3.40, all right? Some of you are like, I didn't know there was a 4 o'clock in the morning. That's all right. Set an alarm for 20 minutes earlier, and I guarantee you when the alarm goes off, you're going to think to yourself, oh, I just want 20 more minutes of sleep. I guess that's up to you. Because I've found when I get that 20 minutes of sleep, I wake up anxious and worried about my day. I find myself flipping through quickly to read a couple verses and write a journal and then call it good and then run on with my day, always wrestling with what if, what if, what if. But when I take time in the mornings and I'm reminded of God's truth, I can reflect on it throughout the whole day and it keeps me focused on what is when what if tries to steal my attention. So number one, refocus. Number two, rewind. Number two, rewind. Right now, whatever you're worried about, this isn't the first thing that you've been worried. If it's the first thing you've ever been worried about, congratulations. You are superhuman, all right? (laughs) But chances are you've been worried about something else. I remember when there was a season I was worried about uh, where the next meal was going to come from. And you know what? I'm still here today, and so God provided for me back then. There is a time when you were so worried and stressed out, you thought, God, are you going to show up? God, are you going to provide? I have nothing. I need you here, God. The fact that you are here today means you can look at how God has provided for his people in the past, and you can pray for him to do it again. So rewind. Remember, write down something. Send it to a friend. You know, there was, there was once a time in my life when I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from, and God has been faithful to me, and he'll continue to be faithful. So rewind. Refocus, rewind. Last is to renew. Renew your focus. Renew your focus over and over and over again. Renew this trust in God. Seek first his kingdom. Do you believe that God provides for his people? 
Renew that commitment today. Renew that commitment. Change the wallpaper on your phone to a verse that you can read every single time you pick up your phone. 40 to 80 times a day, you're reminded. You renew that trust. God, I trust you in this. God, I trust you in this. I trust you in this. God, I take that worry and I I trust you in this. Because when we renew our trust, all of a sudden, not only do we see God provide for our needs, but he also redesigns our wants. And we realize a lot of the things that we thought we needed, we just really wanted. (laughs) And even the things that we want, God starts to rework in our hearts to want the things that are above, to want the things that moth and rust can't destroy, to, to want and to delight in serving Jesus as our boss, as our master. He is our king, and we live in his kingdom. So what I want you to do during our closing time together, I want you to think about that thing you're worried about. It's a relationship, or it's a job, or a visa, or it's a diagnosis that the doctors have given, whatever it is. I want you to just think about that now. And we're going to have a chance where we can renew our trust in God as we sing our closing song. Father, we thank you now for this reminder and all the things that we are anxious about. We pray that you would help us to take the next step of trust. So many times we're we're worried when we depend on ourselves. And so we renew, (laughs) we renew accepting our own limitations. We renew our need for others. We renew our need for you. And Father, I pray that you would help us to take that next step of trust with you. Whether it's clinical anxiety and, and talking with doctors about medication or, or counseling or, or the conversation with a good friend. Father, every step of the way, I pray that you would help us to experience the truth in your word that you will provide for us. We thank you for how you've ultimately provided for us in Jesus through his death and resurrection. Father, right now we take that worry We take that thing that is wrapping up our hearts. We just speak the name of Jesus over that. Keep our focus on the kingdom. Renew our hearts and our commitment to trust you today.